Ladies and gentlemen, the Charlotte Hornets have a head coach, guys. Kenny Atkinson, your new head coach of the Charlotte Hornets. And I got to be honest, guys, as much as anything, I am just excited for direction for this franchise, guys. After this coaching search, which seemed like it dragged on forever, you know, you have the play in loss, Borrego is dismissed. We knew that it would be a process, you know, and at a certain point, you hit a you hit a realization that you would rather them take their time. You would rather them get this thing right, not just go for the splashy hire, not go with the first guy who took the interview, right? But Kenny Atkinson is the guy, you know, it, it had seemed like that was kind of the way things had been trending for quite a while. We talked about those Kenny Atkinson rumors on this week's episode, guys. And as promised, an emergency episode in the wake of, in response to that news, as we sit here on Friday evening here in Charlotte, North Carolina, beautiful Charlotte, North Carolina, guys. It is a great day to be a Hornets fan, a great night to be a Hornets fan. Yours truly not planning on doing the podcast, obviously, uh, tonight, as we obviously have those weekly episodes drop on Mondays. That being said, did promise we'd get this out, guys, uh, ahead of the finals game tonight, which I'm sure we're all interested in seeing coming up at 9 p.m. Eastern time, Celtics versus Warriors. Warriors assistant coach Kenny Atkinson, that's your guy. He's the head coach in Charlotte, guys. I'm excited. And look, I've said this plenty of times on this episode. So I'm going to repeat it again for those who may not have heard, for those who just need a gentle reminder. Support whoever is the coach. Look, I understand if Borrego was your guy, if you thought he was the man for this job, if you thought he should have kept the job, I get that, I do. Support whoever the coach is. You know, that is water under the bridge, so to speak, at this point. I get being upset, but guys, it's been several weeks now. At some point, you got to move on, guys. I mean, it's like any other change in life. You change jobs, you, you move, you get a new car, you know, you get into a new relationship, anything. Change happens. It's about how you respond to that change and kind of make it the right decision going forward. I tweeted that out the day that James Borrego was dismissed, guys. Whether or not that is, is the quote-unquote right choice will be defined by who you get to replace him and how that coach does. Simple as that. You could have hired Mike D'Antoni, could have hired Darvin Ham, could have hired Kenny Atkinson, could have hired, you know, Terry Stotts or whoever it was, Quinn Snyder, whoever, you, you know, take your pick. The, the right decision is made with what happens afterwards and the results on the court, guys. And for that, I'm willing to give Kenny Atkinson a chance because right now, his record is zero and zero, baby. He has not won a game or lost a game as Hornets head coach. Now, I know people bring up the record in Brooklyn, guys. Please, just I beg of you, go look at the roster he had in his first two seasons and tell me what he was supposed to do with that roster, guys. I contend that he never had a roster in Brooklyn, considering injuries as well. He never had a roster in Brooklyn as good as what he's going to have in Charlotte from day one, guys. Consider that. That sounds outlandish. But remember, that 2019-2020 season, the COVID-shortened season, guys, Kevin Durant did not play. Kyrie Irving played 20 games. So we got 20 games of Kyrie. Kyrie's better than anybody on the Hornets right now. But beyond that, guys, I mean, the first two years it was 
Jeremy Lin and Timothy Mozgov and, you know, a whole bunch of, you, you know, who are these guys, right? He got him to the playoffs year three, had a good young core, developed those guys, got a game off Philadelphia, right? Just give him a chance. The defense will certainly be improved. They went from 25th in his first year to 10th in his final season. I know I've said that stat over and over again on this podcast, guys. Ultimately, that's where improvement comes from this team. There's only so much more room for growth on offense, right? Where individually, there's certainly room for growth. I mean, LaMelo could get better as a finisher. He could get better in the mid-range. Miles could improve his three-point shot. You know, a guy like Kelly Oubre could improve his consistency. Gordon Hayward, if he could stay healthy, that would be huge. You could add a true offensive piece at the center spot. So in individual, you know, roles and aspects of the team, yes. But as a team, you were a terrific offensive unit last year. So how much better can you realistically get on offense? And how much better will that make your team overall? Whereas on defense, guys, you can improve by leaps and bounds. And I've said it once, I'll say it again. There is potential on this team. I can't say they'll be a great defensive team, but to be a, a good defensive team, even an adequate defensive team, guys. Just look at the pieces. Miles could be a good defender. LaMelo could be a good defender. PJ is a good defender. Cody Martin is a good defender. Trez, if he's back, you know, could be better than he maybe was this past year. So you just look at the roster, look at the pieces. The, the pieces are in place, and that's before you get to free agency, the draft, trades, the guys who didn't, you know, scratch the rotation last year, guys like JT Thor, Kai Jones, you know, James Booknight. There, there's, there's the potential here for something special, guys. Will it be next year? Will it be two, three, four years from now? It's reported it's a four-year deal for Kenny, so, so we're going to give him some time. I mean, four is what Borrego got. They did improve. I'll say it again, you know, before we kind of – or rather as we close the book on the James Borrego era, so to speak. I never wanted him fired. I never called for him to be fired. I thought he was a good coach. I thought there were certain things that maybe he wasn't as good at. I definitely did not think he was above criticism, above critique, because to me, nobody is above critique. You know, on the account today, I tweeted out some critique of Mitch Kupchak, guys. He, he handing out bad contracts to guys like, Timothy Mozgov and Lou Aldang, you know, when Kupchak was back with the Lakers. Guys, nobody is above reproach here. That said, I was never a fire Borrego guy, but at this point, you got to move on. At this point, it's about Kenny Atkinson, guys. He is your guy. And I know, you know, kind of it came down to him or Dan Tony. Look, as much as anybody, I got excited about the potential of Mike D'Antoni. But I also understood the drawbacks of Mike D'Antoni. It was kind of a thing where it's very easy to let yourself get carried away with the good aspects of what that could have been because you think young star point guard, proven coach who turns point guards and really just elevates them even more. You think, obviously, Steve Nash, James Harden, but even beyond that, guys, I mean, I've said Lynn Sanity, Jeremy Lynn, his terrific run with the Knicks in 2012 – Mike D'Antoni was the coach. Guys like Chris Duhon, who's kind of a, you know, nothing special. I mean, was a good player, obviously. I mean, he was in the NBA, but not on the level of a Harden or a Nash, of course, had his best year with Mike D'Antoni. So you just look at that, and it's very easy to get excited about what could Melo do in a Mike D'Antoni offense. But I implore you, I encourage you, expand your viewpoint 
beyond just that because for as much as I love watching Mellow play guys I mean I got the poster here in the studio the Mellow poster hung up framed guys he's a blast to watch but he's not your entire team would that make your team better with a 71 year old Mike D'Antoni who does not emphasize defense for a team whose main problem was defense and discipline on the defensive end of the floor, guys. So that that was a valid concern. And again, the age, 71. I don't want to keep making it seem like I'm against older guys being successful as coaches, but you got to look at this. You have a young team. You have, it's like, what do you want? You know, not just for next year, but for three years from now, five, 10 years from now, right? You just look at that. And you say you have young Lamella Ball, young Miles Bridges, Young PJ Washington, other, you know, Kai Jones, JT Thor, James Booknight, Terry is still relatively young, 28 years old right now. So you just look at that and you say, okay, well, if D'Antoni's our guy for three years, great, could be a great three years. But then, you know, what are we going to do three years from now? What, what happens at that point? Do we have to do this whole coaching search all over again, right? So you just look at that versus a Kenny Atkinson, who is still young enough to grow with the team. The timeline needs to be congruent, guys, between coaching, front office, and roster. It starts at the top, but you need to be on the same page. I think that was kind of a frustration of fans, certainly of, of mine. Last year, it seemed like there wasn't congruity, you know, between front office coaching and the roster where, you know, Mitch Kupchak just in recent weeks said, you know, he would have liked to have seen the young guys get some more run last year, some more playing time. But then also the expectation was playoffs. So when you look at it from a coaching perspective, okay, well, probably playing your vets is going to get you closer to the playoffs, but you have to balance that out with development, with giving the young guys a shot to play. So again, the message needs to be consistent. The message needs to be congruent and you need to be on the same page. That's not just for sports. That's for any, any business, any organization, any team, any group guys you got to be on the same page. And so I, I like that in the sense of it seems like they're on the same page. Development, defense, we're going to lean into our youth. And we're going to have a coach who can grow with these guys. He's not a, a, a gap coach. He's not a bridge coach. He's our guy. Ideally, he's our guy for a very long time. So, guys, I'm excited. I'm not here to just pump sunshine. I mean, there are some legitimate concerns. The record is not great for Kenny Atkinson. But, again, take it in context. The ability to relate to stars, we've talked about that. I've tweeted about that. But again, just to keep it in mind, he was dealing with, you know, Durant did not play. And then Kyrie, who I'm going to put it kindly, it has a reputation of being difficult, I think is fair to say. You know, didn't work out, wanted out of Cleveland with LeBron, then said he was going to stay in Boston, then left Boston, who you know, is on the verge of winning a championship now in Brooklyn with a very talented team who got to the seventh seed and got swept. So with Kyrie, do you really hold that against Kenny Atkinson that it didn't work out? Because, you know, Kyrie just wanted his guy in there. They wanted Steve Nash. At the end of the day, they wanted a figurehead coach. And that's kind of what Steve Nash is. You know, no diss to any of those guys. That's what Steve Nash is. Kenny Atkinson is no figurehead, guys. He's going to come in here and he's going to coach these guys. You better believe it. And I'm excited for that. We don't want a figurehead coaching our team. We want a legitimate NBA basketball coach who has the experience, now has been in that warrior system this year, obviously having a great year as they are in the finals. 
So I'm excited, guys. Again, not trying to pump sunshine. I mean, look, you can't say he's a great hire or a bad hire before he's coached a game. I mean, immediately after the news broke tonight, I'm going to pull it up on Twitter, guys. I tweeted it out on my personal account. You know, maybe Hornets fans, I said maybe Hornets fans should let Kenny Atkinson coach a game or 82 before deciding if he is a bad coach or not. Seriously, let him coach a game. He's literally been the coach for an hour. How, how can you say he's going to be a bad coach in Charlotte? He's not even in Charlotte right now. How can you say that? That that's just that blows my mind. And then the people, guys, look. I, quick aside. Look, look, this is my show, and so I'm going to come on here and speak my mind. I'm not always just going to say what the easy, obvious thing to say is. But I've seen this on Twitter quite a bit in recent days, and it really makes me upset, guys. So I'm going to say it now. If you are somebody who just says that we just replaced James Borrego with another version of James Borrego, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Just stop it. Because that is the that is just so short-sighted. That is such a lazy comparison. That is such lazy analysis that you need to just stop. You need to put the phone down. You need to go outside and take a walk, take a jog, walk your dog, go to the park, do something else for a little bit. Because that is way off base to yours truly guys Kenny Atkinson and James Breco it goes both ways I mean swap it out whoever it is he's got his own resume his own history his own track record his own experiences you can't just say he's the exact same coach and that's setting it up to where his ceiling is going to be what you fired Borrego for if you're saying oh well he is Borrego then what if he comes in and performs like that? What are you going to do? Guys, that is just such off-base analysis and comparison to me. I I get that, you know, if you want to say something different, like, you know, he's from this, you know, he's from the Mike Budenholzer coaching tree. So if you want to compare him to Mike Budenholzer or former Mike Budenholzer assistants, you know, guys like Taylor Jenkins, Darvin Ham, Quinn Snyder. Okay, I I can agree with that a little more. Still not 100%, but I can at least see where the logic behind that is. To me, there is 0% logic behind just saying that he is James Borrego. To me, that makes zero sense whatsoever. Guys, that that just really bothers bothers me when I see that on Twitter. You're not going to see me saying that at all. You're going to see me support this coach, guys. I'm excited for the team. I'm excited for the draft, guys. We've got draft coming up. We'll have, you know, a a weekly episode dropping Monday, guys. We'll get get into a little more draft preview and analysis on that episode, of course, as I mentioned, this was just a instant reaction emergency episode. Reacting to the Kenny Atkinson news, guys, that's going to wrap it up. There's really not too much more to say. I'm excited. Let's go Hornets. Let's go Coach Kenny Atkinson, guys. I'm excited, guys. Again, I'm not saying he's going to be a perfect coach. I'm not saying he's the greatest coach ever or anything to that degree. But I'm excited, guys, in the sense that we have direction now. We have at least something to talk about, to hang our hat on, to say, okay, we got our guy. Let's move forward. It's it's not just rumors and 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 pontification and and just talking anymore. We we actually have, you know, some tangible evidence and tangible progress this offseason. And I'm very excited about that. I mean, as somebody who you just think back, our last memory was losing that playing game, guys. It's a bit ironic as we sit here, actually, as you know, I was in the Spectrum Center, as you guys know, watching that playing game against the Hawks, watching us 
get blown out yet again. And I, uh, I caught this t-shirt actually, for those of you watching this, uh, Charlotte Hornets white t-shirt in the crowd that night. And they were doing that, you know, at a point when the game was still competitive and as the game slipped away, you know, got the, the shirt and, and just thought, you know, that was kind of it for that season guys. And in a way it's ironic. I mean, I'm rocking the same outfit, got the, uh, the pennant up behind me that I got that night as well at the Spectrum Center. On a night like tonight, we have direction and we have something to look forward to next season. Not saying that we wouldn't have with Borrego. Again, let me make that clear. But it seems like there is continuity, congruity, and a, a direction for this team, guys. And yours truly is excited about that. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Enjoy your night. Watch the finals, guys. Have a great weekend. Be safe. As I mentioned, we will see you on Monday. Got another episode coming to you. We'll have a terrific guest interview lined up for that as well. Not going to spoil who that is at this moment, but just keep your eyes peeled for that. As always, guys, go drop us a follow on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, you know, wherever you are on social media. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, however you listen, please uh, just rate, subscribe, follow us. That really helps us out as well, guys. In social media, we'll be sure to drop you a follow back. My personal account is at Evan Birchmore on Twitter. You can find it from the podcast page as well, guys. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Bring the Steam podcast, and we will see you on Monday for another episode. Until then, guys, go Hornets. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not